Why Nickers? Bernard pulls the trigger. And this is a brand. Nickers is a brand. Allen Houston. Nickers means Lord. Once a neck, always a neck. Thank you all for joining us. You are listening to Nickish. You got your boys Mo and Nafi here to talk about New York Knicks basketball. Uh, it is the last day of 2020, and happy to have you on with me here, man. How's it going? Damn, is it really the last day of 2020 already, bro? Yo. <laughs> I mean, I feel like everybody's made the same joke. It's been the year from hell. But um, I'm glad we could both make it to the end of 2020, you know, healthy. You know what I mean? Have our health. But family, or both our families are in good shape. You know what I mean? So, mm-hmm. tough year, but at least there's some things to be grateful for. You know what I mean? But uh, not to get too deep right off rip. But, yeah, like you said, here to talk next. And um, coming off a two-game win streak, bro. The, the largest in uh, in a couple of, a couple of years it feels. I mean the Knicks haven't won month many games uh, for the past couple of years. This is the first s- string of four games that we've seen in about nine months. Um, you know good vibes all around, and there's lots to talk about and break out, especially for the last two games when the Knicks beat the Milwaukee Bucks and they beat the Cavs. You know a, ga- a, a day or two after. And tonight, actually, they're facing off against the Raptors in Florida, Tampa Bay. So that should be an interesting matchup. I think this is the first time that they're going against a playoff team where Knicks fans can feel a little bit more comfortable about how their team is going to play. True that. And, I mean, I was about to interject and say, like, yeah, this is definitely the longest win streak with the Tibbs era, four games in. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> so, um yeah, I mean, I guess we could work in reverse chronologically order, you know, in terms of what's freshest. So we could talk about the Cavs, some takeaways from the Cavs game, you know what I mean, if you're cool with that. Or, yeah, I'd like some high-level kind of takeaways to point out first. But I think the one that's on the major takeaway that's on every Knicks fan's mind is like, yo, this dude Julius Randle is finally playing like the dude all us optimists thought he played like last year. Mm-hmm. Like when we drank the Kool-Aid, when we like... You know, we heard Fizdale say, oh, we're going to let him be a playmaker. We'll let him bring up the ball. We're like, okay, yo, this might be the year. We're like, yo, we we signed a young, like a youngish guy that's like getting into his prime. We might actually have an all-star on our hands. And it happened. And um, kind of like, I think I threw out a term post-hype sleeper for like, I think it was Knox in a previous, uh, previous episode or something like that. But yeah, I mean, post-hype Randall is like a sleeper this year. He's actually delivering on the hype we had for him last year when expectations were mad low. So I think that's the biggest takeaway for me so far. But what do you take on Randall so far, bro? I think that's... I know you and I have yeah. been, you know. I, I think it's 100% logical for every Knicks fan who's been shitting on Randall for at least... Uh, hold up, I got this video playing in the background. All right, here we go. I think there's so many Knicks I'm fans... Off, bro. I want to say like 90% of Knicks fans, including us, that were shitting on Randall just last week. And he came mm-hmm. back... Balling, and I think it's definitely fair for us to, you know, issue somewhat of an apology. I don't want to be too early. I want to see how he's going to continue playing. But the last two games, it's it's been it's an, it's been amazing to watch him play, and they like super clean passes, good jump shots, smart decisions, not too many dribbling. And I saw this stat. I, I don't I don't remember who put it up, but basically, um, 
I think about 33% of his shots last year came after three dribbles. And he, this this year, you know, albeit being four games, it's been dropped down to 22%. Um, mm. And I think half of the passes to R.J. Barrett, who a lot of fans want to see taking up the shots these days, have been coming from Alfred Payton and R.J. Barrett. So, really, I think the main contributor to Randall's success recently has to be Tibbs. He has a, he has a real coach now. Fizdale looked like just, he just gave him the keys and told him to run with it. Uh, Tibbs is actually directing him, and Coach Payne is helping him a lot and telling him what he should be doing right, what he should be doing wrong. And i got to give some credit to Alfred Payton while I'm at it because he, he got an ugly-ass jumper, but he's shooting them corner threes pretty fucking good. And we know earlier in the season something that Tibbs mentioned would be a big part of the Knicks' offense would be those corner threes. I think the Knicks are in the top four or some shit like that in terms of corner threes made and even taken. So I think Alfred... Uh, plays a pretty big role in that. Facts. And um, I know, like, obviously going into the season, every Knicks fan had to worry about spacing issues again, even despite kind of bringing back Bullock, signing a shooter like Burks, and signing a shooter like Rivers. But our biggest, every Knicks fan's anxiety was about the two guys you just mentioned, Peyton and Randall. And these dudes are just, like, Randall especially. Like, that dude's putting up all-star numbers and, like, I don't think the efficiency quite will last, you know what I mean? But I think we're seeing him being a smarter player. Like, to your point, like, these passes he's making, it's clear that, like, with Tibbs' coaching, and especially Kenny Payne being in his ear, they're like, no, you can't be that selfish guy. Like, last year we saw him dribbling. It's, it's, even in the preseason, we saw him dribbling into double and triple teams. We saw him, like, forcing the issue a lot. But now it's like when he drives in and the, the easy, like, score in the paint isn't there, he's kicking it out. And, yo, I think... I saw somebody say that, like, he made, like, a LeBron pass mm. to, like, Bullock in the corner. Mm. I've seen, like, a few of those this season. I'm yeah. just like, right, let me, let's, <laughs> let, let's settle down. Let's settle down. You know what I mean? Like, I don't want to, like, get too, like, optimistic. You know what I mean? But I'm just like, yo, if this keeps up, if Randall is really this dude, then we're not trading him. You know what I mean? And Peyton, to your point, like, it's he's not a shooter. But, like, he's, to your point, he had that crazy outlier, out, outlier game or against Milwaukee when he made, like, what? a couple threes mm-hmm. yeah, like 26 points it's not even just about like him making these shots he's more i feel like he's more willing to take them this year you know what i mean um i feel like last year was like a lot of hesitancy and you could see that and i think that's also coaching and i think uh, i don't know um i saw maybe like a shout out somebody on nick's twitter but like they were apologies for not remembering but they had pointed out that like so far, four, it's only four games, but so far in four games, we're, like, literally taking the best shots possible in the paint. Shot quality, I saw threes. that. Exactly, yeah, yeah. And it's like, bro, that's beautiful. <laughs> like, <laughs> as a Knicks fan, you know what I mean? Like, it's like, I feel like Randall last year, when Fizdale gassed him up as an all-star, he was like, yo, you are my point forward. Randall's like, oh, okay, I'll just be like LeBron James. I'll just bully to the rim, and, like, I'll be unstoppable. So, like, that's why he kept trying to bully against, like, two, three guys at a time. And, like, why he didn't really trust his teammates. And Randall even said it himself this season that, like, it's it's also about just knowing my teammates' tendencies better. And, you know, on a human level, he probably heard all the shit talk, you know what I mean? Like, and he's got tired of hearing, and he's like, I got to prove people wrong. And he had the right people in his ear, you know, Tibbs, yeah. Kenny Payne, you mentioned, and low-key Johnny Bryant. Because what's the thing that Johnny Bryant's known for? It's, like, helping primary ball handlers become better at like being creators you know what i mean like the names have been mentioned before lillard don mitchell i wouldn't be surprised if johnny bryan had a hand in like what randall's doing right now you know what i mean because there are moments out there he looks like 
We said LeBron already. That's a, that's a, that's a stretch. But he, he looks like freaking a Bam out of bio with a jumper now mm. with less mm-hmm. defense. You know what <laughs> yeah. I mean? And like I'm not saying that's what he's gonna be, but like so far what he's what his numbers indicate is that's what he is. You know. So, yo, major props to Randall. And like so far, like uh, he's proven us wrong, proven me wrong, especially bro, because I was like talking about putting him on the bench. You know. So, yeah. Biggest, yeah, biggest. Big props to Peyton and uh, Randall for really stepping up when the heat and pressure was on him. Yeah, I mean, just listen listen to these stats for Randall. Again, only four games. We want to make sure we're not being too over-optimistic. But 25 points, 7.5 assists, 10.5 rebounds. Dude, 69% from the three-point line. Obviously, he's not shooting that much, but he's still shooting relatively decent amount from the three and 56% uh, field goal percentage. And... You know, uh, obviously five turnovers. He's not perfect, but he's playing at definite all-star level. But you did, you did say something that I might not fully agree with at the moment. And what you said was that we can't trade him. I think that mm-hmm. we can still trade him because he could be a quote-unquote missing piece if he keeps up to this level of play. We seen what he was just just a couple of weeks ago. He wasn't that good, but he's playing at a very high level right now. I think if he can keep it up for the rest of the month, we should 100% look to see what we can get from him or for him because his contract ends at the end of the season. If he plays at, let's let's say, let's say, let's try not to laugh too hard, but let's say he becomes a superstar, like an actual legitimate superstar, and he plays like this the rest of the season, he's gonna he's gonna demand a monster-sized contract, and then we're gonna be in a position where we're gonna see a 27-year-old Randall and wonder if we should give him a four-year contract and assume that he can contain or sustain this level of, you know, production. So, I think. I think at the end of the season, you know, early prediction, I think he's either gone. He he won't be a Nick next season unless he's willing to take on a smaller contract than he than what he has this season. Uh, I think he's going to be either traded or we're going to let him go. But I 100% think that if he does this for the next couple of games, I'm if I were the Knicks front office, I'm going to look to like the Clippers and see if if he's somebody that they want to be a part of their, you know, uh part of their team uh and maybe Houston or something like that. What do you think on that? I'm kind of hesitant now just because, like, let's say he does keep this up, you know, and wh- what do we say going into the preseason? Like, we were shit-talking Randall. We were down on him. But at the end of the day, we both, like, admitted, like, he's the only one on the roster can do what we need to get done, which is, like, create, attack the paint, draw defensive attention. So far, he's doing that with flying colors. And if that literally keeps up, I think keeping him – is going to be a big benefit to our young players because it's like so, kind of a similar prospect we had to like the idea of bringing in an established vet to like support RJ and Mitch. If this is Randall now and through the season, then he is that guy that's going to support Mitch and uh, Mitch and RJ. And I think the concerns about spacing and things like that are lessened at least through four games so far. You know, caveat that it's almost too early to make a major judgments, but it's like I feel like Tibbs is the type of coach that's like actually put in a system and run set plays that puts these guys in their best position to play. So this spacing spacing issue and like um, lack of ideal shooters isn't really that big. You know what I mean? And I feel like Randall, like to your point, like if he does keep this up and come to the train deadline and somebody offers a first round pick, that's gonna be enticing, right? But at the end of the day, like to your point about like having to pay him in the future, there's a reason we gave him a team option. He's gonna he's balling out right now because he wants to probably have that team option picked up. So then I think if he keeps us up throughout the season, hey, let's keep him and let's make that run for that 10 seed and maybe that playing tournament. You know what I mean? And then next season, when we pick up his option, if he does keep this up throughout the season, he could be trade bait next year. You know what I mean? Because then 
you know, we're, I feel like 2021 free agency for us is probably going to be a dub. So then 2022, if we have an expiring Randall that's still keeping up this similar level of play, we could probably get uh, g- some good assets down the line when he's an expiring contract. You know what I mean? So I think that's my mentality is keeping him. Because I also feel like, you know, somebody on the bench, our super six-man uh, Alec, the Black Mamba Burks. <laughs> if he keeps this up, he's our Mark, Mark Marcus Morris this season. You know what yeah. I mean? He could be that guy we flip at the deadline for that first round pick. So we'll have three of them in this elite draft. You know what I mean? And I feel like it's kind of a question of like you know we Randall is still young. We bring him in as like a like ideally Steve Mills and Perry brought him in as like a young vet that could grow with our young core and be part of our our, our you know our movement forward. And now he's actually delivering on that promise, and I feel like we should probably see it through as opposed to trading him because I feel like he's going to, what's it called, help our young players. We're going to be more competitive because I feel like it's going to be a disservice because at the end of the day, like, RJ's jumper is still streaky. He looks better. That's the thing. The numbers may be similar in terms of efficiency as last year, but I feel like he looks more fluid. He looks more comfortable handling the ball, and um, he just looks like a better, like, player you know what i mean but his jumper isn't there so i feel like taking randall out will put all that attention back on rj it's just gonna be like kind of a situation where just like 2018 where it's just like a young team that's kind of doesn't have that go-to guy and i feel like randall's filling that spot really admirably right now so i do see your point though like it's it's always right to kind of sell high especially in a guy that even a week ago we were all low on but yeah, I'm willing to ride this out and see if like Tip, if this Tibbs, Kenny Payne, uh, and Johnny Bryan like trifecta can really turn turn this Randall into like a permanent thing. You know, um, love what I see so far. But I mean, shit, you see, I'm drinking the Kool Aid because I sent you that picture right now of Randall over Ma- Magic Johnson's head. <laughs> oh. <laughs> uh, Tell me not, bro. <laughs> I, I was gonna say, I was gonna say, uh, I got, I gotta make a quick shout out because it's the end of 2020, so the office is out tomorrow. But my, my, how the, how the turntables. <laughs> uh, hey man. Yeah, I mean, I'm gonna, I, I do want to clarify. I did, I forgot actually that this, that Randall has a team option next year. Next year's actually his expiring deal. I thought that was this year, because uh, fucking time has gone for so long with 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 Randall and his team. But. I don't know. Um, I think if he is, if his level of play right now is, I think the best that he can be. And if this is the best that he can be, mm. it's really good. And I think we might get a chance to trade for a more established vet who can fill in the shoes for those young guys, even better than you know Randall can. I can't think of a person off the top of my head at the moment, but I kind of see this situation kind of like a, obviously not the same comparison, but kind of like a mellow KP situation where Melo was taking a lot of the attention away on the offense and that gave KP space to learn and grow and then once Melo was shipped out KP that was his team and he was ready to take on the mantle so it, I think it's more dependent on RJ right now because he's not playing the last two games he hasn't played like the guy who's ready to be the number one guy on offense especially with Randall playing the way he's been playing but mm. I, I would I would want to see those two things I'd want to see Randall continue this level of play but RJ needs to be better um, his shots haven't been bad. They're just not going in. What what is it, like three for thirteen from the three, something like yeah, that. Yeah, he made his first three threes, and then I think Mike Green mentioned it in the Cavs game. He's been over over eleven since. Mm-hmm. You know, so I think that's just like a streaky jumper, and I feel like it's to be expected early in the season. He just he switched up his jumper form again over the summer. It was like a weird off season, short training camp. So I'm gonna get like I said, like in our season preview app or season. Was it season three, episode one? I'm gonna give these guys. I'm gonna give the whole league until like February before I make like legit like takeaways because so much is fluctuating right now. And you know, 
I do definitely see your point about Randall because, like, yeah, he, if he plays like this, he could definitely be, like, one of those major chips for a trade for a big star. But, you know, I kind of want to flip that back on you. What stars do you think really being imminently available right now? You know what I mean? Like, Harden, you know? Are we trying to be in the Harden chase right away? Because otherwise it's, like, guys super second or third tier guys like Levine. You know what I mean? And I'd rather keep Randall if he plays like this. And, like I said, I don't think the efficiency, especially that 69% from three, like, that's a nice number, but uh, hmm. I didn't think he's gonna come down. You know what I mean? But if he if he just keeps playing smarter like this, he doesn't need to be like scorching hot from three. You know what I mean? Because we know he's a bully in the paint. He'll get his buckets in there. That mid range jumper is looking extra wet this year. Last year I cringe when he take it, but like now he's taking them in the in the right moments. You know? Yeah. And I just hope like I just hope like that's Kenny Payne being the ultimate puppet master because like we what we heard before before the season and when we hired Payne was just like he's like the big man whisperer for Kentucky bigs you know what I mean like any every summer these guys go to him just to get better and these Kentucky bigs always get better exponentially and we have him on our staff and we have Randall playing like this I'm willing to ride it out for this season and then pick up his option you know like trade him next year because maybe next year is when right now like I said I don't think his stars are going to be really available or like available like that besides Harden but maybe next season that'll be the case maybe another star maybe Devin Booker after a season with Chris Paul gets sick of him and he's like yo ship me ship me to my man Leon Rose's team you know what I mean we don't know so I think better safe than sorry let's let's see what uh what Rant, like Tibbs can do with this roster because I feel like yeah, the front office is probably aggressive about getting some bets in this summer, but I also think, like, if this is, like, some good positive momentum, they want to see what this group of guys can do. I think Tibbs took that same strategy when he first got to um, Minnesota as well. He didn't really make any big moves. He wanted to see what the roster was at that time. And then next summer, he brought in uh, Jimmy Butler. So I think if the roster stays the same, I wouldn't be really surprised. And, yeah, I mean, I'm comfortable keeping Randall. But um, to pivot to the games real quick, um, Yo, that Caps game, like, I made a point to you before before the game. Like, I, was, I love the Milwaukee game. That shit was, that that was like heroin hmm. for the salt yeah. for the for this <laughs> Knicks fan. You know what I mean? But then the thing about the Cavs game, it's like, we've seen the Knicks beat good teams before, surprisingly. Knicks fans feeling, feel, like, riding high, feeling good. Next game, they got somebody like the Bobcats. Rest in peace to that franchise. Hmm. We have the Cavs <laughs> this time, and I'm thinking, like, this is the classic letdown game that's coming you know what i mean but nah, they came in and as clyde said during the broadcast they're taking care of business don't play down to your opponent and they did it you know what i mean and frank looked uh frank looked like scorching hot from three in the milwaukee game and he looked good in the in the um cleveland game because he had colin sexton when he did match up with him he had him on like uh, a lockdown you know what i mean um randall had a triple double i think was that was that not what he had in the cleveland yeah, game you know what i mean yeah it was, it was crazy mm-hmm. bro like I don't know. I, th- I like that game. What, what did you see in the Cleveland game? And I don't know. What, here's some a takeaways from there. here's a telling stat. Um, the Cavs in the league. Uh, uh, again, everything that we're saying has a caveat that's still very early in the season. But this is a pretty telling stat. Uh, the Cavs were tenth in the league in offense coming into the Knicks game, and they left eighteenth in offense in the league. I think your mic is muted. You're good. Yeah, I was All right. trying to let you get um, up. Yeah, yeah, it's eighteenth, <laughs> uh, 18th in the league because of the way Mitchell Robinson and, like you mentioned, Frank Nilakina played. And Frank only played 16 minutes, but you know, once once he was guarding Garland or Sexton, these guys didn't want to dribble too much around Frank because he left the game with two steals in 16 minutes, and he could have gotten a lot more if they decided to dribble. But whenever he was on them, they were quick to pass the ball up or take a jump shot. Um, but you look at guys like Mitch, uh, who 
I believe in the last two games or three games, I think he only committed a total of eight fouls, which is really good. Uh, in the Cavs game, only four fouls. But Cavs have Andre Drummond, who's trying to play like mind games with Mitch. And we saw that in preseason. Um, Milwaukee, obviously, they got bigs, Brooke Lopez and Giannis. But despite all that, he's been playing relatively disciplined. And, nice. you know, Noel, whenever he's coming in, he's he's playing solid. But I'm expecting a little bit more from him. Um as a guy who's been in the league so for almost a decade. What was that? I have to cut you off, though. I, I love what I've seen so far. Just because, like, yo, it's... have you Like, the steals he gets and the deflections he gets, that shit is rare, bro. Like, he's out there, like, his active hands are crazy because, like, I feel like a lot of people underrate his athleticism because he's, he's a big man, but he's super skinny, and he's just, like, he be getting his hands on balls. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Balls. But, like, that, I mean, as far... And then, I think, to your point, I kind of... I didn't want to completely, like, interject, but, like, just wanted to chime in on Noel real quick. But, like, to your point which is a positive, I think, in Mitch's direction. Like, Noel's been averaging, like, 15 minutes a game. Yeah. I think that's crazy. You know what yeah. I mean? I thought it would be, like, an even split. But, like, yo, maybe Tibbs literally was just lighting the fire under Mitch. But, like, yeah, I'm, I just want to say, like, I do like what Noel's, like, providing, at least so far. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, stats-wise, in only just 16 minutes, kind of kind of just, like, Frank, three blocks, seven rebounds, two steals. So I, I do take back what I said. Uh, I think it was a game <laughs> before where he wasn't playing as well as he could have. But I think we shouted out. Randall Payton uh, Knox is another guy that I want to bring up in this game he had the highest plus minus plus 14 in just uh, in also just 16 minutes I guess this is the rotation at the moment while Burks is out and while Toppin is out Um, but and IQ and and IQ of course but two three six points you know he's taking his shots he's dribbling a little bit more he's not he doesn't look as timid or scared as he's as we've seen in the past um but he looks like he had. I think he had one sweet pass to Randall this game, or it might have been the game before. But it looks like he's trying to do a little bit more as he should. And I think these are things that we just got to chalk up to coaching. And it's it sucks that these guys weren't here a year before because this team could have been way different if these if Tibbs and Payne and uh, Johnny Bryant were here last season. We didn't have fucking Fizdale uh, ruining these these kids' careers at the moment. But it looks like they're playing how they should be playing, and I'm excited to see how they're going to stack up against the Raptors, because the Raptors always got killer defense. Facts. But, like, to your point, I mean, like, hell yeah, we actually have development coaches now. So that's a good thing. You know what I mean? And, yeah, Knox is actually, like, last two years he's been looking putrid. No Knicks fan is going to deny that. You know what I mean? But now he's actually looking like a rotation player. And that if that jump, like, if his jumper is literally legit this season, then, like, going into the season, we were all worried about shooting. But, like, we'll have Burks, we'll have Bullock. If Knox's shot is legit, that's another shooter. If Frank's shot is legit, that's four shooters right there that can surround Randall and RJ, who are, like, the playmakers and attackers. Peyton as well, you know what I mean? And then we got rim runners in Noel and Mitch. I'm liking how this roster is set up, bro. You know, I mean, we may not have the ideal point guards, but, like, if, like I'm saying, if Randall is this guy, like, and continues to be. I'm still afraid to buy in all the way, but like my heart's telling me, yo, just jump on the bandwagon. But like my mind is saying, yo, let's 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 chill out. Let's let see me, it after like forty games as opposed to four. Let me interject real but, quick. What's what would you do once Toppin is back? Because I think he's out for a couple of more games. I think he's out till I think next week. But with Toppin back, that's that's a young kid who we want to make sure is getting his minutes and playing well. How are we gonna how are we gonna mix him in with this with this new version of Randall? Um, I mean, that's the thing that's, like, even been on my mind, and I don't want to, I didn't want to say it now, but, like, I want to wait a bit, but, like, yo, if Randall keeps this up, then, like, that top and pick is looking worse, bro. 
like real talk. And mm-hmm. then you consider that Tyrese Halliburton is just like looking like a godsend for the Kings. You know what I mean? He's playing in three guard lineups with Heald and Fox, and they're. I've seen some highlights. I've seen some like actual NBA players, not NBA players, but like like legit analysts talk about him, and it's just like he seems like exactly what we would need at the point guard position. You know what I mean? Like, um, and if Randall, I mean, there's no, I mean, going into that draft, all of us were super down on Randall. We heard the rumors that like the front office was shopping Randall. They didn't really want to keep him, so they they knew. They weren't completely bought in on Randall yet. They didn't believe the hype. That's why they took Toppin. And obviously the connection being Toppin's agent is Leon Rose's son. You know that? That's crazy. Hmm. <laughs> Nepotism <laughs> is some dope shit when it's in your favor. You know what I mean? But, um, yeah, I mean, that's an interesting thing, bro. Like, maybe maybe Tibbs had this in mind. Maybe Tibbs actually did believe Randall would come in as this guy, and that's why he had, like, uh, Toppin early on just be that three-point sh- uh, shooter. You know what I mean? Because he, he knew Rand would probably lock down that interior uh, post position. And top end, at least for this first season, he'll be that shooter. And to your point, like I don't know who you would take out the rotation because Bullock's been solid. You know, he's that solid vet that's like taking that Keith Bogans role that you, that uh, Tibbs had in Chicago his first season. That man started every game, but he played like 15 minutes. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. And that was for a reason because he fit with the starters. And I feel like Bullock fits with the starters. He's a shooter that just plays solid defense. So would you take him out? I don't know. Burks, you can't take out the rotation when he's back healthy. Rivers is coming in. You know what I mean? IQ. I think, yo, IQ, exactly. So I think IQ might start. Maybe Peyton goes to the back. Dennis Smith Jr. (laughs) Not that. (laughs) This man. You know what I mean? Like that. Oh, man, poor Dennis. Poor Dennis. But, yeah, I don't know, bro. This, like, I don't want to see our roster is deep, but, like, we got options, you know, and certain players are playing better than we thought, and. I don't know, maybe Toppin will get his chance because, like, you know, it's sad to say, but Frank and Knox, we've seen them play well in certain spurts. And, like, I know the coaching is different now, but maybe there are going to be moments where they tail off, and that's when, like, Tibbs can insert Toppin in, you know what I mean, into the rotation and take one of them out. So maybe that's the key there. And not that I'm rooting for Knox and Frank to play bad just to get just for Toppin to get minutes, but I don't know. To your point, bro, I don't see where, where the playing time comes from. You know, it's it's crazy. <laughs> Maybe we do need a trade, you know. I, I don't think Randall's gonna be that guy, but maybe we do cons- consolidate. Wow! Like, some of these guys. <laughs> Did you? Who, I don't think it's gonna wait, be this wait, guy this season, of, bro. You think of trading Toppin? No, no, no. Oh, no, I, was, no I was about no, to say no, that. Like that, that's a that's a huge one eighty. This agent is literally Leon Rose's son, bro. That <laughs> that man is at least a Nick till his rookie contract is over. You know what I mean? Because it's gonna be some awkward Thanksgivings if like they trade him before he's <laughs> if he's out like if he's out of his rookie contract. But I don't know. I mean, maybe. Maybe Frank's out of here, bro, because he's doing good things so far. But to be honest, like, going into the season, a lot of the reports, like, there were some good reports, and there were, like, no reports about Frank. It felt like the front office is lukewarm on him, but they could see him being a contributor. So I could, so to that end, I think they could trade him. But what do you, what do you think, they, uh, like, Tibbs can do with Toppin, though, like, in terms of rotation-wise? Because I'm at a loss, bro. I think there's no doubt Randall needs to get the most minutes of this of any player on this team as the only guy right now who can dish the ball out at a fairly high level and clip. He's going to have to divvy up his minutes between Mitch and Toppin. I think I think for Toppin to get more minutes, Mitch is going to have to cut down on his minutes. And um, we're going to have to see what happens to Noel. I mean, I, I, we're not too crazy about seeing Noel play, but he's a very good player who should be getting his minutes. And uh, I think that's what we're going to see. I think Mitch got like 31 or so minutes last game. 
I think his minutes going to get cut down to like 25, 24. Um, and Alfred Payton, I think, had high minutes in this game. What did he get? He had a he had 36 minutes. He he has no business playing 36 minutes every game. So they're going <laughs> to drop his minutes. I think Mitch is going to go back to the 20s. Um, and I think Topman's going to end up getting like 15, 16 minutes in the rotation, along with Knox. And Frank might be a guy who's going to see an occasional, uh, you know, DMPs. I don't even think it's going to be occasional because I think going into the season before these injuries hit, I feel like Tibbs had planned on Frank being on the bench, you know what I mean? Because let's say everybody was healthy going in. Like Frank barely played in the first two games, I think, right? And then some injuries hit. Mm-hmm. That's when he came back in. So, yeah, I'm thinking our boy Frank is going to be the odd man out. It's tough. It's tough, you know what I mean? But, yo, IQ deserves playing time. In fact, I still think IQ needs to be a starter. Like you said, Payne should be playing 36 minutes. I think 26 minutes is fine for him, you know what I mean? There could be moments where, like, you could play him and IQ together when IQ's back healthy, you know what I mean? Play IQ a little off-ball, make him that off-ball shooting threat, which would help Peyton. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I don't know, man. Frank might be the odd man out. We know Dennis is the odd man out. Mm-hmm. Like, I got As much as I loved him coming into drafting, as much as I gave him chances to show and prove that he could be what we all wanted him to be, I think it's done, you know what I mean? Like, I think yeah. he needs, like, at least two years in, like, China before he can come back to the league and be, like, that that savvy vet that like some contender signs as a combo guard and we see him make plays in the playoffs you know what i mean like brad wanamaker somebody like that he uh could be (laughs) the comeback kid in a couple of years (laughs) yeah man and um yo we didn't really touch on the milwaukee game but like yo i want to say just like i didn't allow myself to feel joy as soon as we were going up so much because i was just like oh yeah they're gonna make this run Hmm. it's gonna be tragic it's gonna hurt you know what i mean and then it had to literally get down to like two minutes left in the game. And even when they pulled their starters, I was like, yeah, this would be some Nick shit where like there's, they pull their starters, the mm. Milwaukee Bucks like, you know, get led by Bryn Forbes and they fucking <laughs> blow us out to, for, to a comeback overtime victory. I thought that was happening, bro. Too much PTSD. But then when, they, when we closed, closed it out and finished our business, that was so satisfying, bro. And his man Randall was out there had, like making the defensive player of the year look mm. like Gary Jeffries. Yeah, like, right. yo. The MVP, bro. <laughs> Not just the defensive yeah, player the of the MVP, year, bro. The fucking exactly, MVP. Exactly, bro. Like, I don't know what the hell I was saying. I thought I was hallucinating. I was like, yo, did I take shrooms and not realize today? Like, what is going on? <laughs> um, and then Peyton, you know, nothing more need to be said. Like, he played a good game even outside of his, like, hot shooting. Because we know that's, like, a super rare thing. It's just he just didn't play like a like a dude like a dumbass with his head up his ass you know what i mean because like the first two games it literally looked like he had mo- he had money on the other team you know what i mean <laughs> with his turnovers you yeah. know <laughs> this time he actually looked like a point guard and you could see why they wanted to bring back peyton for for a paltry five male because at the end of the day he's a solid nba player you know like you don't got a jumper but he knows what to do out there and i like his defense bro i feel like his defense seemed overrated to me last season but that's just because of our coaching you know what i mean but then now I think Peyton had that reputation as a defensive guard, even in Orlando. You get him with Tibbs. Now you're seeing it. You know what I mean? Like, our defense looks good, and I want to touch on that. Like, I think we're number one in opponent field uh, three-point percentage. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I think I like I expect that to kind of um, is that, that to kind of come down to earth. Is it? You know what I mean? We're number one in opponent three-point percentage. I thought the Knicks were actually number one in three-point percentage. Could be wrong. Yo, that's that, and then we're like number one in defending three. Apparently, we're both. 
Yeah, Damn, like as of now, like four games, you know what I mean? Yeah. But, but, like, defense looks legit, and, like, I'm looking at the defense. It's like that drop, like, strong side defense Tibbs has always had, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? And it looks better now than it did with Minnesota because, yeah, I'm telling you, bro, Cat is, like, is is, is not is, – he's, like, an anchor on defense, you know what I mean? He'll, it's not going to work, the Tibbs defensive scheme with Cat. But then Mitch and Noel are not Cat, you know what I mean? And yeah. we've got savvy defenders, savvy vets, and – Young guys like RJ and Frank that do want to play D, you know what I mean? And we saw IQ out there playing D when he was healthy. So to that point, like, there were a lot of open threes missed by Milwaukee and the Cavs, especially in the last two games. So I think that actually has an effect on that percentage. That's why I kind of expect it to kind of regress. But I also feel like they're, they're, they're giving up the shots they want to give up, you know what I mean? They're protecting the paint at all costs, you know what I mean? They're making sure that those easy buckets aren't there. Um, they, I think they got to work a little better on like the second chance opportunities, especially against bigger teams like Mil- uh, not Milwaukee, uh, Indiana, Philly. But I like what I see from the defense, bro, and I just hope it keeps up because that's Tibbs' calling card, and I think that's going to keep us competitive. You know what I mean? But defensively, like, what do you see specifically, I guess, that uh, ca- caught your eye? I mean, Randall playing sound defense on the MVP was probably the biggest one. And, I mean, you know, I, I like I like the points you made about Alford. I just hope that once, you know, IQ comes back, that Alfred doesn't end up continuing to be the focal point of the team as he's been the last couple of games. Because at that point, like, you know, what's the point, right? He's not, I don't see him as a guy who's going to be here long term. He just signed a one year deal. Um, he's not somebody, like, what you see is what you get. He's not going to get any better than what, he, what he's been playing. This is the best that he's been playing in a long time. Um, I mean, you know, like just just looking at the box score right here, everybody was a plus. Um, R.J. Barrett has the highest one, plus twenty one, and so is Alec Burks. Alec Burks is, I think, a surprising player. I think all around, even even handling the rock or shooting or even defense wise, he's been solid all around. And I think the Marcus Morris comparison was great. I, I'm hoping to see more miss from Jared Harper. I think he's a guy who could be someone who could play solid uh, at the point guard. You know. I'm I'm on the side of cutting down Alfred Payne's minutes, even if he's playing well, because he's not gonna help the team long term. I think he's he's gonna be a guy who's gonna be on the random Knicks page in a couple of years on Twitter. You you follow that page? Yeah, it's funny as hell. But I'm just like kind of like holding back a chuckle because when you said Jared Harper, <laughs> I've been paying attention to him the last two games when he's just like on the bench. You made a comparison to him to Marlo Stanfield. <laughs> this man is Marlo to a T. Bro. I told he's you, like bro. Standing there, just like he's not cheering. He's like stone faced the whole time, <laughs> like arms crossed every time. Like when they're in the huddle, when he's just like when the whole team's going crazy after a play. Harper's like. Looks like Marlowe used to on the block and the wire. And I'm like, what the hell, bro? It's crazy. Like, he should get playing time off that. I think he could scare Tibbs into some time. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, just go up to Tibbs. Like, you want it one way with Peyton, but it's the other way with me. <laughs> you know what I mean? He, like, Tibbs calls him Rook, and he's like, hey, my name is my name. <laughs> Call me Jared. <laughs> Yo. Yo, he'll... <laughs> Hilling up in them condemned houses. Don't want to do that, too. You know what I mean? <laughs> you can't not see it. The moment it clicks, you can't not see it. <laughs> Yo, I'm telling you. And then the demeanor is what it is, too. It's like he's so stone cold out there, even when he's playing. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's not rattled by anything. <laughs> but then with, with somebody like Dennis, which is like the obvious comparison, like, Dennis looks like he's on the court with anxiety, bro. Yeah. <laughs> he's walking, like, he walks on the court, and, like, his whole social anxiety kicks in, and, like, he just does not want to attack the rim anymore because he's shy. Like, I don't get it. You know what I mean? But then 
Harper, I feel like he almost plays like what we want Dennis to be at a minimum. Like, yo, just go in there, place tough D, attack the attack the hoop, you know, pass it, <laughs> just get the offense rolling and make open shots. Like, simple things. And I think Harper is doing that better than we ever seen Dennis do in the last two years. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's just like it was just like Dennis is scared to drive in the ball. I think that that should be his bread and butter, and for for whatever reason. It, it's between the head, man. He just can't, he just can't do it. I think he's locked himself in a box and can't get himself to do it. And he's just settling for ugly looking jumpers, and he's not doing what he, that what should be his strong suit. No, I feel like I want to make a comparison to him like a struggling student. I kind of did this before, but this is kind of different. It's just like like if, if you're a struggling student and you're like somewhat okay at one subject, but you're terrible at the other subject. And you try to focus too much on the other subject to the point where, like, you're still fucking up in that subject you're trying to put more focus on. But then what you were getting good grades on, you're letting it slip. So that's like Dennis with his attacking the paint aggressively to, like, oh, I need to be a point guard and, and I have a jumper that's consistent. You know what I mean? He's trying to, like, do both at the same time. He's spent sm- so much focus on his jumper that, like, he lost what made him a threat in the first place, attacking the rim. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? So that's kind of that's the sad story of Dennis and... I just like for his sake, especially after the year he had last year. Um, I hope next year when he's not on the Knicks, he goes to a team that can actually kind of like help him reach what he needs to reach. You know, because I would hate to see him like wash out of the league. You know, but he yeah. he seems like the only young player so far that's like hasn't really like took that jump. You know, but yeah, go ahead. No, he needs point. he needs like a uh, like a Markel Fultz situation where the Magic just take him in and just give him space. And oddly enough, the Magic are four and zero right now. I think they're the only team in the NBA who hasn't lost yet. Uh, and Fultz is playing like he's playing like a beast. Um, but like the, the difference Man, between them yeah. two is that while Fultz couldn't shoot, he at least continued doing a strong suit, which is driving in on guys and finishing at the rim, which is what we need Dennis to do. But he's just not doing it. Um, I figured this season he'd do it because there's no fans give you know applying that pressure. The only guy who's like really throwing him pressure is Tibbs and and the coaching staff, but. I don't, I don't know, man. This is like a worse situation than Fultz. Yeah, but yo, real quick, props to Fultz, bro. He just got that bag, 50 million. Like, mm-hmm. I like, yo, props to Orlando for just like taking a chance on Fultz and just believing in him, you know what I mean, and helping him develop. And we talk about uh, Tibbs, you know, obviously from the Van Gundy coaching tree. Shout out to Steve Clifford, sure. coach of Orlando Magic. He got there and he just made him legit out the blue since like 2012, mm-hmm. since the Dwight Howard days. And he's a New Yorker too, so I'm like, low-key, I'm kind of like, respecting what's happening in Orlando, you know what I mean? I know they're in the East, and, like, they're probably going to, when we're both kind of good at the same time, we're probably going to compete for the same, like, eighth and seventh playoff spots, you know what I mean, in the next one or two years, hopefully, you know, if we're on a positive trajectory. But props to them, just like a side note. But, yeah, man, I mean, Fultz is, like, ironically, him and uh, Fultz are boys, apparently, and they were, like, the top two point guards coming up, like, through their high school and AAU days. It was always them, like, neck and neck at Mm -hmm. the top. And, like, yeah, coming into the season, Fultz was number one prospect. But we saw him literally hit rock bottom, and he's, like, back to what he is. Dennis didn't have that much hype, and then he's barely crawling out of rock bottom. You know what I mean? So it's a tragedy, bro. I mean, I don't want to spend too much more time on him, but I think there's so much positive to take away, you know? But I want to go back to RJ real quick. Like, you know, that Philly game, like, since we're kind of going in chronological, I mean, I think what, what that Philly game taught me, though, it's, like, if RJ do get a jumper, like, consistent, that he could pull up from anywhere, not, like, anywhere, that would be, like, Steph Curry, but, like, pull up consistently and make it, you know what I mean? It'll really help in those kind of matchups because, like, Philly's such a physical team 
Like, Simmons was on RJ a lot, bro. So I wasn't even shocked that he was struggling. Because, yo, Simmons is a motherfucking monster defensively. Mm-hmm. People can talk what they want about his lack of jumper and offensive game. But, like, that dude is, like, the pivotal, like, p- positional, multi-positional defender. He could defend one through four easy peasy. Even centers, because, like, sometimes centers are skinny as shit. And you can put Simmons on him here. Yeah, he's, he's tall, multi, too. He's 6'10". Yeah. So, like, that matchup, I felt like we like RJ's physicality, but the bigger he gets and the jumper becomes better, you know what I mean? Like, he's not he's going to be a problem. And I think it's just growing pains right now, you know, streakiness. But I like that he keeps keeps taking these jumpers because he's not going to turn timid like Knox or Frank who just don't shoot after bad shooting nights. So, I mean, did you get a chance to see your Philly game? I did not get to watch the whole thing. Um, but, no, nah, I'm you just – yeah, I'm just looking at the <laughs> just looking at the stats. I think that was the only real anomaly from the last four games where he just didn't play as well. But it looks like he was dishing out the ball. Uh, free throw percentage is the only positive thing, or not the only mm-hmm. positive thing, but it's a very positive thing. He's shooting 78 percent from the from the free throw line this season. Facts that improves, and I think you know the old saying is free throw percentage is the best indicator mm-hmm. of like you know outside shooting potential. That the free throw percentage improves. I'm not worried about RJ's outside shot. Yep. I just, I just think he's a better basketball player, even if the numbers early on don't bear it out. You know what I mean? Like, his passes are looking great. You know what I mean? Um, but certain times I get so frustrated when, like, dudes just mess up his assists. Him especially. Like, I don't mm-hmm. care if you mess up Randall's assists. He's going to get a lot anyway. But, like, yo, RJ's giving you these sweet dimes. Just, like, finish. <laughs> you know what yeah. I mean? Like, I don't care if there's contact. And won that shit, yo. Mm-hmm. Like, his numbers would look so much better, like, uh, assist-wise. But, yeah, RJ, I'm not worried yet. But maybe come February, if he's still putting up these percentages... I'll get. I'll start to get a little worried, even if it is not even full way through his second season. You know, I mean, I think the majority are expecting him to kind of average what he's averaging right now, just a little bit higher in points. Season average right now is sixteen, seven, and four, pretty much. Uh, mm. But the field goal percentage obviously is really low, about thirty nine percent. Three point is like mm. fucking nineteen, so that doesn't even count. But um, mm. I think I think most and Frazier says it a lot. Uh, he's at, he's expecting to average about 18 points per game. Um, I think I think I'm hoping he breaks the 20 mark. And if he does, I think that's a successful season. Obviously, percentages need to be higher. He just needs to hit like 34 percent or higher. I think he'll be good. I think yo, I think yo, IQ getting back is gonna be biggest for RJ. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like he just looks so comfortable playing with IQ and like easy peasy. Like that shooting like threat out there to supplement RJ's, like, attacking game, it's just going to make everything easier, you know what I mean? So I think, I just think, yeah, once IQ gets back, things are going to look better for the team. Knock on wood, hopefully everybody else stays relatively healthy, you know what I mean? Um, yeah. Yeah, and then Indiana, bro. Um, to your point about Mitch, about the Andre Drummond matchup, he may have had some fouls against Sabonis, you know what I mean? But I think this early stretch was the biggest test for Mitch this season. You had uh, Sabonis and Bede. Um, Giannis uh, from Milwaukee and slash Brook Lopez, you know, he, he could get his shit off here and there. And then who's the last one? Drummond. Okay. Drummond, exactly. You know what I mean? Like, these are the big, bulky dudes that he struggled with last year. And you would see that, like, him actually putting on weight helped, you know what I mean? Because he didn't look like a frail twig out there. Yeah. And, like, to your point about the mind games Drummond had, like, Drummond tried to bully poor, poor Mitch <laughs> last year. Like, these centers just toy with Mitch and get him in foul trouble. It's yep. not going to happen this season, you know what I mean? Because, like, it's either you get bullied by these players or, like, get bullied by Tim's in the locker room. <laughs> and Mitch got to see Tim's every day, you know what I mean? Like, he's making a choice. He's making a business decision. So, 
he's listening to tips, playing discipline. He's looking stronger out there. That helps, obviously, as being a center. So, yo, what we've been saying about Mitch this whole time, bro, just give him time to get bigger and stronger and, like, learn the nuances of defense, and he's exactly what we want in the center in the NBA. You know what I mean? So, yeah, props to Mitch so far, bro. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you look at the Pacers game. He had three quick fouls in, like, ten minutes, and that was just the start of the season. Mm -hmm. And then uh, you look at Philly, three fouls in total, 25 minutes, two against only two against Milwaukee. I think that's pretty big. In 35 minutes, that was mostly yeah. played all season, uh, and four fouls in 32 minutes uh, against Cleveland. Um, you know, and rebounding-wise, he's doing okay. Uh, eight fouls is decent, and field goal percentage – um, he's not making, he's not scoring at the clip he was last season, but you know that that's not too important. I think we need to see a little bit more. What what the baby hooks? Um, and if he doesn't want to do it, I think as long as he's finishing up the lobs, then he's fine. The thing is that he just doesn't have anyone, true like a true point guard to get those lobs from. And obviously, once IQ comes in, that's we're hoping. You know. You know, knock on wood, it's gonna be it's gonna be huge for the rest of the team. Knox is gonna benefit. RJ, like you said, is gonna benefit. Uh, Mitch, er, er, literally, literally the whole team. If IQ plays good defense, Frank's days are numbered. Yeah, I love Frank. We all love Frank. You know what I mean? The smart Knicks fans love Frank. Those that don't don't know what they're watching. But I think Frank, if he's if this is it for his Nick career, when IQ comes and like, yo, just go to the Spurs, bro. Just go there. Like, just drink that whatever magic elixir they got in the Spurs and just develop into, like, exactly what you need to be, Frank. You know what I mean? And um, I'm just sad that he didn't. He had to go through so much turmoil on the Knicks. You mm -hmm. know what I mean? And it's just sad that, like, it seems like we finally turned in the corner for an office-wise. He'll knock on every piece of wood. You <laughs> know what I mean? But, like, it's sad that we're turning this page and, like, he's going to – it's at the end of his, his rookie deal. You know what I mean? So, yeah, sad to say. His days might be numbered. But, um, shit, I, I thought I was going to say something. Yeah, whatever. It's not that important. I feel like we touched on it every game. You know what I mean? Um, who we got next on the schedule? They got they got the Raptors tonight. Oh yeah, Tampa Bay, Toronto Raptors. Tampa Bay. You expecting a win? Uh, <laughs> it's the Knicks, dude, <laughs> and it's the Raptors. I I think the Raptors are firing on all cylinders. What's their record right now? They uh, actually they're not doing that well this season. They're oh, <laughs> my bad. They they zero and three right now. Yo, Shit. I, and I bet they're gonna come in. They'll be like, "We're not gonna go zero and four against the Knicks." But you saw what happened in Milwaukee, right? <clears throat> the, the day after they lost to the Knicks, what they happened? set a fucking record for three pointers made. Oh yeah, they were so juiced. They're like, "We can't believe it." <laughs> <laughs> it's like when you fail a test in school and like the dumb kid in the class just did better than you. You're like, "Hell no!" <laughs> and like the the Knicks actually beat them two years ago. I don't know if you remember. It was one game where Moutier just killed it and they beat the mm. bucks as one of like the only 10 games they won that season um mm. but yeah i mean the raptors i mean if they if they're owing three right now actually are they what the hell this says they're owing three but it looks like they won last preseason um they lost to the spurs by five points they lost to the pelicans by 14 they lost to the heat well that was preseason um yeah, they lost at Sixers last game. I think everyone is healthy. OG, I know he's playing well. Pascal's playing well. Lowry's playing well. Van Vliet is doing all right. Stanley Johnson still in the NBA? Oh, yo, I had to, like, think real hard for a second who you're talking about. <laughs> Stanley Johnson, my man from the office. <laughs> what? 
Uh, yeah, yeah, shit, bro. I I should remember him because I low key kind of liked him as a prospect in 2015. Yeah, he Whoops. he he and Winslow <laughs> were like those guys who were supposed to be built for for like the Knicks to be the, yeah, the two way superstars. Yeah. yeah. Um, Winslow kind of kind of lived up to it. His jumper ain't there, but he's I think he's a solid role player for the Grizzlies now. You know what I mean, he's injured. But, he he hasn't played in like two years. I think he's out the rest of the season. For real, wasn't he like literally when he was last on Miami? He was their point guard of the future. They put him at point, and he was looking nice. No, he like, was looking. He was looking nice. He just can't get on the court yeah, anymore. He, I'm yeah, pretty yeah, sure he's out. Problem. No, he's not out the whole season, but he's I think day to day. Yeah. Well, speaking of injuries, I mean, if we're kind of ready to pivot to NBA talk, because yeah, basketball is back, bro. I, I love it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like so. Talk about injuries, John Morant. Yo, bro, I saw that injury oh live. Oh, my God. I yeah. swear to God, I thought he was out for a season, bro. I thought, like, ankle fracture. Because, like, that shit looked like, you know, Mr. Fantastic from Fantastic Four where he could just stretch his limbs in any direction. Yeah. I was like, yo, no ankle is supposed to stretch like that. Stretch it like elastic. And he's only on two, three weeks with a sprain. Yo, thank God. You know what I mean? But Yeah, only three to God five damn. weeks. Uh, he's like a New Day new day uh, Derrick Rose, man. He can't be, mm. like, I don't yeah. know if you see all of his dunks, but the way he lands is not good. Yeah, yeah, too much torque. You know what I mean? Like it's to the human. He may he's an athletic, generic freak of nature, but like the amount of like force he generates with each movement, you got to be kind of smarter about that. And just like you know, you, you, every young kid is just gonna like you know do whatever they want because they're young and youthful. You know what I mean? Yeah. But maybe play a little smarter, bulk up a bit. But yeah, yeah, we've seen this movie before. Shout out to Joe. Bobby? We've seen this movie before. Yeah, and I just don't. I just hope it's like not not the sequel. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like Joe, I think that dude's potential is out. Through the roof, yeah. You know? um, who else got injured? Oh, Spencer Dinwiddie out for a season. The notorious Knicks hater. I mean, I don't like the dude, but you don't like you never want to see players get injured. Yeah, and that's a major hit for Brooklyn, bro. Like I thought he fit really well. I didn't see the vision at first with him as a starter. I mean, I figured they would probably want somebody more defensive oriented, but I think it's just because when you put him in the lineup with KD and Kyrie, the passing in that lineup, the IQ in that lineup, it's a beautiful thing. Mm-hmm. You got Joe Harris and DeAndre out there too, so. Tough look for Brooklyn, bro. But, yo, they still got KD and Kyrie. <laughs> so I'm not going to cry too many tears for them. Yeah. On other news, happy birthday to the second GOAT, LeBron, who just turned, uh, oh, yeah. what did he turn, 35? 36, I think. Good, Good guy. God damn. 36 is still the best player in the league, bro. I I saw a viral tweet that went, like yesterday. It was like people were dunking all over him. It was like a tweet from 2015. They were just like, God damn, LeBron and shenanigans. Hmm. Good thing he's only he's 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 thirty already, so this is not gonna last too long. Yeah, six he, years later, <laughs> he he thirty six right now. That's crazy. And he's still and he dunking the same extension. way. He's just signed an extension, and his IQ is better than it ever was because he gets he's a cyborg, bro. Like, I still think Miami version was the best. I'll stick by that, but this version is probably like way more smarter. Not way more, but like he's his wisdom is through the roof. Yeah, and damn, bro, like it's. It's tough to see anybody being the Lakers. Um, I mean, they, I don't know. Who who you like in the West, like, so far, like, if you had a chance to see? Yo, I, teams? if you asked me this a week ago, I would have said the Clippers, and then they lost by mm. 50 points. The, like, I was thinking oh, about shit, this, yeah. I was thinking about this last week. I'm like, yo, the Clippers are mm. nice. They, 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 they fire in all cylinders. They, they good. And then the next day, they lost by 50 points. At, uh, they were down by 50 in the first half. They set a whole new record. Good God. You see the PG after that game? He was just making bullshit excuses. Like, yo, shut up. He needs to Every stop time doing he that. Talks, he, just, he just puts his foot in his mouth. I mean, yo, all you had to say after an embarrassing loss like that, he's like, yo, we didn't have it today. It was embarrassing. You just got to be better. Simple. I mean, just say that. That's the generic athlete answer. And he's just like, 
you know, we had this reason why, X, Y, Z, yada, yada, yada. We're actually not trying to win the championship this year. He didn't say that this time, but, like, that's some dumb shit PG says. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I don't I don't like the dude personality-wise, bro. I, just, I swear this should happen the day after, like, the Clippers organization gave everyone a PS5. I'm pretty sure that happened mm. the day after. <laughs> I don't think there's any correlation or anything like that, but it's just funny. Um, the West, I what mean. What Kawhi did with it? Like, we were talking, like, do you think he played the PS5 or just used it as a nice paperweight? <laughs> he got it, he's like, thank you. He just puts it on, <laughs> puts it on his coffee table. Oh, <laughs> uh, man. Um, I mean, just looking at the standings, they, they still 4-1. and one. I think the Clippers, mm. you know, despite that disgusting loss, they're, they're still, I think, the biggest adversary to the Lakers right now. And I don't think it's even close to anybody else. I think, I think the Lakers are in a class of their own, and then probably the next tier would be the Clippers, the Jazz, and the Nuggets. Hmm. Nuggets are interesting, man. Like, um, yeah, you mentioned a trade rumor before we started. Oh yeah, yeah, real GM. It was it was funny. That's uh, that's why I mentioned it. It was literally like, let me read the exact wording. Cause it killed me, bro. <laughs> it was like it felt like a sh- like shot at a, <laughs> a certain uh, bearded shooting guard. All right, here. Nuggets interested in multi-team trade with the Rockets without acquiring James Harden. <laughs> it's like, all right, we'll help y'all out, but like, we don't want that dude. Nah. <laughs> You put a you put a dude that likes to party like that in a in a state where fucking weed is legal. <laughs> Hell no, I don't think that's gonna be good for anybody. So I see the vision with the Nuggets, but yeah, that's the elephant in the room with NBA discourse right now. The Harden trade demand situation, and just how embarrassing he's been acting, bro, out there partying like massless. You know what I mean? Did you see that he posted about our Instagram? He's just like. Oh, they're trying to try tear me down, and they're trying to pick on me every day about something. You know what I mean? Like, yo, bro, you went maskless mm. during a pandemic out at a party. You're not supposed to be at literally breaking every protocol your league set for you. Of course, people are going to talk about you. You an NBA player being dumb. You know what I mean? And usually what he said, he's like, I wasn't at a strip club. I was at a celebration for one of my friends who's turning into a boss. She just bossed up. And <laughs> I saw a tweet that was like, went viral. It was like, uh, like Adam Silver heard that. Yo, she's bossing up. Yo, why don't you just tell me that, bro? <laughs> of course you're allowed to do it. James, go ahead. Your friend is bossing up. Now get out of here. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> it's just, come on, man. Like, I get it, player empowerment, but like, that's just dumb. I don't, like, come on now. I mean, set a better example, you know? What do you, what do you make of that? I'm trying to find or, out the entire saga. Trying to find out if they uh, ever put a number to his weight this season. Three fifty, minimum. <laughs> Plus or minus fifty. Um, he he one of them dudes that's gonna take like eight dudes to t- throw over the top rope in the Royal Rumble. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, to do that, the cleans house and then the big show comes. They have a stare down. Their bellies just like also having to stare down. <laughs> Shout out to the big show. Childhood yeah. uh, favorite. <laughs> oh, man. That's fucking funny. It's almost January, too, so the time works out perfectly. It's about to be that time, bro. If you know, you know. You'd probably be a special guest. Entrant. <laughs> 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 I mean, we saw Shaq do it, I yeah. think, at one of these battle royals they had a couple years back. Oh, man. What are you looking up right now? I was trying to see if they put up his weight. Uh, it doesn't look like they put the exact number. Oh. 
he big. No matter what it is, he big and he's still nasty. Like he's still unstoppable in the NBA. Good God. Big jokes, but that man's an inspiration, bro. I would love to just like just literally be out having as much fun as possible, go to work and just be the best at what I'm doing at work. You know what I mean? Like You can't talk shit. No scratch off my back, you know what I mean? Like what are you gonna say to me? Like (laughs) so so what I came in forty five minutes late, like I still finished my work in half the time. (laughs) And did it better than you did. (laughs) Exactly. But um Real GM got a I don't know who this is. Per, oh, Brian Windhorst. He said, per Brian Windhorst, Celtics Raptors have placed courty, courtesy calls to the Rockets about Harden. Yeah. Of those two teams, what do you think is like is the most interesting? Those Celtics and what was the other team? Raptors. Maybe the Raptors, dude. I mean, when you got uh, when you got their front office, they're ready to you know, like fire off as soon as as soon as a mo- at a, in a moment's notice. They that's what we that's what they did with Kawhi. I mean, obviously Kyle Lowry is the heart and soul of Toronto, but DeMar DeRozan was that right before him, and they traded him away. So yeah. that's that can't like not be expected. Um, I think the Celtics are pretty much set in their roles, man. I think Jason Tatum's ready to get to that next level, and he's fucking nasty. Uh, Jalen Brown is ready. Uh, Kemba Walker still hasn't played this season, I think. And um, that's scary too. I think it's. I think if anybody, the Raptors probably have the best chance, and James Harden might be open to, you know, going to Toronto and just chilling with Drake all the time. But that's what I mean, bro. Drake could just show him like the best spots in the six, you know, yeah. as he likes to call it. So I was like, it makes perfect sense. Raptors are that shadowy, like that shadow third team. You know what I mean? Like they came out the blue for Kawhi and Masai Ujiri, bro. He's ruthless out there. He's mm-hmm. gonna do what's best. And like, yo, he's He's probably looking at the Raptors roster. We just paid all these guys. Our window ain't, ain't closed yet. Like, let's go out there. Let's get Harden. And I think they could probably do it without Lowry. I don't know who they give up in place. Maybe Van Vliet can go to Houston and still be a good player over there. Play with John Wall, yeah. DeMarcus Cousins. Why not? Van Vliet. I think maybe some of their prospects. Malachi Flynn. I know he's a late first-round pick. But, like, that. Mad picks. Um, Maybe they could do that because, like, what they got from Kawhi. They got Danny Green in addition to Kawhi. Like, Masai Ujiri knows how to make a deal. <laughs> you know what I mean? He's probably going to go to Houston. He's like, yo, your man is morbidly, morbidly obese. Like, he probably has hypertension. So, like, we probably we could just lower the price. You know what I mean? Like, he's nice. But, you know what I mean? Like, we don't want a, a, a pre-diabetic threat. On our roster, <laughs> I mean, yo, if they can do that and keep Pascal Siakam on the team and Lowry, that's, that's instant title contender. Facts. Not to not, not not to clown hard and just like shape too much. You know what I mean like you know, not not to fat shame regular folk either. I mean it's just jokes. We're making fun of a fucking millionaire that's like gonna make more money than either of you and I are gonna make fun of our lives. Yeah. Like I'm sure his feelings will be intact. The interesting thing <laughs> is that Wall Cousins and Gordon haven't even made their debuts yet this season. I think they're all playing tonight. Oh, yeah. So if Harden Damn. playing like that without them, it's gonna be interesting to see how these guys and all their egos and all the characters that they bring into the game. Uh, it's going to be fun to watch. I'm very curious That's, to see how they're going to play together. On that note, Christian Wood's been killing, bro. Yeah. Like, I heard a story how, like, when he went undrafted in a draft years back, his girlfriend at the time dumped him. Right oh, away. nah. Are you serious? Dead ass. I just seen that shit. Somebody made, a, like, a tweet. It was just, like, he was literally crying. His hand is in his head, and, like, his girlfriend is in the back with, like, a disgusted look on her face. What the Guess fuck? the race of this woman. The what? Not Guess the, the race of this woman. Oh, I already know. Like, yeah, we already know. You know, yeah, already know. Yeah. Miracle whip, you know what I mean? <laughs> so, like, he dumped him, and now he's, Boston he's cream. killing it for Houston. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> he's killing it for the Houston Rockets, and he just got, like, a 40, 40 million deal, you know what I mean, at least minimum. 
so yo, props to Christian Wood. He worked his ass off to be here, bro. Like, dude, what a great story. I mean, yeah. I just want to make a shout out to him. Shout out to Detroit for being stupid and letting him go for nothing. But then they signed four of the big men that like do not fit the young point guard they just. Nah, man, Mason Plumley is it. He <clears throat> he, the man these days. Yeah. You know, you need that vet locker room presence. He's like, yo, I'm a Plumley. I have two other Plumleys. Just don't play like us. You'll be fine in this league. Um. Actually, I'm, I'm, I'm playing around. I mean, Mason Plumlee got overplayed, but I think he's a solid backup center. I just I would not have paid him that much. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, I mean, anything else you want to kind of talk about? Um, no, nah, um, I think we're ready to put a pin to this uh, episode of Nickish. Last note, though. Shout out to Donnie Walsh. He officially just retired. Yeah. I mean, man did a lot for us. He obviously kind of didn't deliver in 2010. But, yo, at that point in time, we were desperate for competency in the front office, and he gave us bare minimum of that. You know, so He was not appreciated so, the way he should have been. Exactly. In fact, I see a lot of hate for him right now. But I don't get it, but, you know what I mean? We're Knicks fans. We, last week, we wanted to throw Randall off the Empire State Building. Now it's like, yo, build him a statue <laughs> next to the Empire State Building. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, shout out to Donnie Walsh, man. Great career. Mad fucking legendary career, honestly. He's been, what, 20-plus years with the Pacers, and every year when he was there, they was making the playoffs. So, good shit, yeah. But I think we can put a pin on this episode. Yeah. Uh, last episode of 2020... Again, to those of you guys listening to this show, we highly appreciate you guys checking us out. Uh, we hope you had a safe 2020 and you continue to be safe as we move into 2021. That that number year doesn't change anything, really. Um, 2021, you know, we still have no idea what to expect from it. Stay safe. You know, the, the virus is still out there. It's going to be worse in January than it was in December, honestly. Um, and, you know, we're, we'll get past this. Um, the Knicks are playing the Raptors tonight. I think, to answer your question, I think the Knicks might might have a chance to actually come out of this one with the 0-3 Raptors. Um, and, yeah, man, I appreciate I appreciate you at this time, hey, end of the year. Love. Um, and Appreciate you back, brother. Thank you, man. And we hope you guys check us out as we move into 2021. Make sure you subscribe on all pod class, podcasting platforms and you uh, follow us on all uh, social media platforms as well, Instagram and Twitter at Nickish Show. Uh, until next time, happy new year to everyone listening. Stay safe. Take care. Peace. Peace.